Hey guys, this is Justin Williams, and today I have a free gift for you. This, this, this is the House Flipping HQ podcast. Now let's get flipping with your host, Justin Williams. What's up, everybody? I hope you guys are doing awesome. Hope everyone is having an amazing summer. Hope you all had an awesome fourth. Um, we have been going to the beach almost every day. Um, it's been pretty awesome. We're kind of in this habit uh, with some of our some of our friends. We just basically almost every day around six o'clock we we take off and we go to the beach and it's pretty fun because all my kids are getting a little older and uh, the, some of the younger ones weren't really that into surfing before, but now they're they're kind of getting into it. They have their friends and they got got boards and wetsuits and um. It's been it's been really cool. It's just so much fun, like being out there as the sun setting with your kids and uh, without when you're in the ocean, there's something magical, right? Like you don't have your phone with you, the kids don't have any electronics, and you're just dialed in and focused on each other. And to be on that board with one of your kids, um, it's been pretty cool. Like been able to have been able to have some of those intimate uh, conversations with my kids that that I've ever had out there on the water. So pretty magical um i encourage you to just make sure you're playing all out uh because that's why we do this business when i say playing all out i mean playing all out with with your family with your loved ones um with those who matter most find the things find the hacks find the whatever it is that helps you spend that quality of of time together and have those moments that that you'll all remember forever so um anyway just a little a few thoughts there. Uh, that's why we do what we do, right? So, um, okay, so a couple of things. First off, uh, today we are getting ready. By the time you listen to this, actually, I will be on a plane with my man, Andrew, uh, my new full-time videographer, and we'll be heading to the seven-figure flipping event in Baltimore, Maryland, which I'm super excited about. Uh, we've been going over all the details, and it's going to be absolutely incredible but i won't try to i'll try not to make you feel too bad if you're not there when i'm there i'll try to do a couple facebook lives and get a few videos for for those of you who who couldn't make it this time and and we'll try to you know get you a few gold bombs where we can sound fair is that cool all right awesome so um today what we're going to do the last couple podcasts i've given you the presentations of uh bill allen from last year's Flip Hacking Live and the year before. So 2016 and 2017, and it's pretty amazing. I've had, gotten a lot of feedback from you guys on you're just blown away at what Bill has accomplished in literally just a, a couple of years. Uh, to go from where he was doing a couple deals a year to where he's now on track to do over 200 deals this year, uh, it's just it's just mind-blowing. So it, it's pretty cool to see his first presentation. I've gone through and watched them again and see how much he has evolved and how quickly he has evolved. And that includes, he still, when he started, he had, he worked full time. And he's had a lot of personal things go on in his life. So it's been pretty amazing to see what is possible if we put our mind to it and surround ourselves with with the right people. So uh, that was pretty cool. I'm excited to have you guys come to this year's Flip Packing Live on October 18th, 19th, and 20th uh, to to hear what Bill is up to now because it is absolutely amazing. So for today, what we're going to do is I'm going to give you uh, the presentation of Andy McFarland 
at in 2016. And then on the next episode, we'll give you um, 2017. Cool? Um, well, except for the next episode, I may do uh, something from Baltimore with a seven-figure event. So anyway, over the next week or so, we'll, we'll get you that second presentation for Andy. Um, but Andy is, he's just another guy, just mind blowing. I mean, every year this guy just continues to, to improve and he's not perfect. He has struggles just like all of us, but, uh, I would consider Andy the, the top wholesaler in the country. And I'm not talking just numbers, uh, although he is consistently doing 20 to 30 deals every single month, uh, and is, you know, does like 4 million in wholesale fees. Per year, I mean, it's crazy. You see so many people out there saying, "Oh, you can't flip house. You can't. There's no deals." And and this guy's doing twenty to thirty deals per month, and doing four million in in wholesale fees a year. It's just, it's amazing, right? So once again, I want you to kind of just like listen to what he has to say. Um, and these these presentations are extremely valuable. And then I highly encourage you guys go to fliphackinglive.com. The early bird price will be going up very shortly. Basically, once we get to a certain amount of tickets sold, a certain percentage sold, which we are getting there very quickly, the, the price will go up. So go to flippackinglive.com. The focus a couple years ago when I started Flippacking Live, I wanted to teach people. I mean, I was seeing something since we started the seven-figure group. I was seeing this pattern of highly successful people versus the people who are like, I can't find any deals, there's no deals. And just the whiners and complainers or the new new people that were trying to get this business figured out. I saw a very clear pattern. And that pattern was people who focus on, quote unquote, finding deals and uh, are always like just looking for deals and things like that. Like they always struggle no matter what. I, I've spoke about before why that is and I'll get into that more in the future. But they always struggle. But the investors, the the people who focus and understand this business is not about finding deals, but it's all about creating your very own money-making machine. It's all about focusing on lead generation, lead conversion, and then increasing your average profit per deal. So that's the first step, is knowing where your focus is. It's not about finding deals. It's about those three things. And then as you do those three things, your goal and your first goal and your only goal at the beginning is to create the money-making machine, is to create a machine that for every dollar you put into it, you are getting back two, three, four dollars in return. Now, preferably, you're getting more than two because if something shifts or changes or you make a mistake, then that can turn into a business that is is not profitable, right? So the idea is to get to where you're at three, four uh, $5 for every dollar you spend. And I mean, what would that do for your life, right? Like if, if I gave you $5,000 for $1,000 you gave me or $5 for every dollar you gave me, right? Like, boom, game over. You're, you can make as much money as you want. You just have to be able to grow that responsibly and, and scale that. So that's really what any business is. And how flipping and wholesaling is just a, a great, uh, product because it's a great way to do that at a quick pace. And anyway, you guys have heard me explain, and obviously you understand why um, real estate is such a great a great way to uh, to make money. Um, so that's kind of what we focused on the first year at Flow Packing Live was helping people understand that concept and, and teaching them how to do that. And then last year was all about you're only one system away. Literally, you know, you create the right system and how it will change your life. And everyone came up and kind of shared 
their their system of of how they've created a high six and seven figure business and where what they focused on you don't need to do everything you just need to really focus in focus focus is what will make you rich right so that's kind of what we focused on um last year and still building off of this concept of of creating your money making machine and then this year uh you guys maybe have heard me talk about our eight figure flipping event in costa rica People, you know, I hear all the time, I've been hearing this for years, people say, oh, it's getting more competitive, well, things have changed, and, and, you know, people sometimes don't move with the cheese, and before you know it, they're they're out of business, or they're no longer profitable, and, and that's the value of surrounding yourself with people who are doing this business at a high level, because you are tapped in, you know what they're doing, you know it works, they're adjusting, and you kind of all adjust together. So, recently we were in Costa Rica... Um, even the the eight figure group, even the high level, my high level group, the people who are doing seven figures a year, they can see, hey, the way we're doing things or we're doing things a couple of years ago, last year, the year before, uh, aren't working as well as they were. And we need to continue to grow and adapt and adjust. So I'd see one person come up and they would talk about like the one thing they were doing that was how to improve their business and someone else would do the same thing. And I was like, wow, like if all of these people if everyone runs their business in the way, in, like takes the best thing from this, best thing from this, best thing from this, uh, wow, that's pretty significant, right? Like you could probably get to the point where you're making five, six, seven dollars for every dollar that you spend. And then Mike Green got up and he he was talking about how his goal, uh, and this was he was I think him and I were kind of on the same wavelength as to where what what we were seeing here, and he was talking about how his goal is to. Uh, he was asking the question. He was not saying that he does it, but he was saying, uh, can you or how can you make $10 for every dollar you spend? And I was just like, boom, right? Bingo, right? Like, while all these other investors, all these other people are out there saying, this business doesn't work, or this business is hard, or um, things aren't like what they used to, or it's more competitive, <clears throat> and all these things, we're going to make our business better than ever. And it wasn't long after that that I realized and it came to me that this was going to be the big question, the big thing that we were going to focus on, the, the big idea, the thing that we were going to solve at this year's Flip Hacking Live. Can you make $10 for every $1 you spend? And the truth is, um, I, I don't know. I don't know if you can, but that's what we're going to focus on. Everything at this year's Flip Hacking Live is going to focus on that. Um, I mean, what would that do for your business, right? Like, what would that do if for every dollar you spend or every thousand dollars you spend, you could make 10,000 back? And if you fall short of that, that's a pretty good place to be versus making $2 for every $1 and then you could get yourself in trouble, right? So anyway, I'm super excited about it. Um, It's not going to be something easy to do, but every single speaker, every... um, uh, there's something we're doing special. I almost said it. I'm not going to say it, but everything we present, everything that happens is going to be to help you do that. Help you create not only a money-making machine, but a machine that for every dollar you spend, you can make 10 back. Now, not everyone is going to go home and overnight have this machine, but our goal is to give you the tools to be able to have that machine and to at least get to where you are making uh, that five, six, seven dollars back, or get to a point to where you're improve, constantly improving your machine, because you see most people their machine is constantly in decline, and they're not focusing on the things to to improve it because things are changing. They're not moving with that cheese. 
So that's the idea of this year's Full Packing Live is we're going to take all those components, all those things that'll help you get to that point, uh, that can help you get to that point where you have that machine that is making you $10 for every dollar you spend. Because uh, if you're constantly improving and the next guy isn't, you know, there's a saying that says, he who can spend the most money wins, right? So if you're constantly doing those things, your competition is going to be the people who are saying, oh, this doesn't work anymore. And they're going to quit and go back to working at Denny's, right? So that's the idea. Now, here's the deal. Um, I know I'm going to share this one presentation with you from Andy, but for the most part, uh, but but for people who come, like we, you have to sign, people sign something saying they're not going to share these things with, with other people. I'm a big believer in abundance, but I believe in selective abundance. I believe in sharing with your circle. We all have teams. We all, uh, there is competition and, and that's what we're going to do. I mean, people who go to these events, like if they take, if they implement the things that they learn that we give them, it, it changes their life. And we've seen that time and time again, uh, with many speak, many of the people who came to the event the, the first year and came last year, their business and their lives have completely been transformed. And I'm excited for, for you guys. I'm excited for someone out there who's listening right now. They are going to come to this event this year in October in San Diego, um, October 18th, 18th, 19th, and 20th, and their life will be forever changed. And they'll be up there on stage next year sharing that with everyone else and giving back. So I'm really excited. I can't wait. Um, this this is something I'm thinking about every single day. So we're already working hard on this. We, if you go to flippackinglive.com, we already have most of the speakers lined up. But this will be our main focus after this week. This will be our main focus starting next week forward until that event. And we have got some things in store for you. It's it's going to be exciting. We're, we've gone all out in the past. And this is going to be significantly bigger and better than anything we've ever done any event we've ever done and it's it's pretty crazy because my you know my coaching programs are anywhere you know for the for the higher level coaching programs are around 30,000 to you know our eight figure group is soon going to be probably around $50,000 we haven't quite raised the price to that yet um and and why is that it's because we we don't go cheap. We deliver the best. We have the best value. We're going to be bringing in more and more. We're going to be bringing in consultants. We have the best coaches. Uh, and, and we want to deliver at the highest level possible. Now, this event, once a year, we open it up to the public. And for three short days, uh, these same high-level people come and they, they share their secrets. And proximity is power. For three days, you're going to have the opportunity to be around. I mean, half of this is not like your typical event where it's like, the event's free and you have a bunch of new investors and they just get up and everyone like has something to sell you. No, that's not this at all. This is the highest level, the most successful investors in the country going to share with you their exact systems, their exact strategies, their exact secrets for three days. It's open to the public and that's it. Um, and they're going to they're gonna give it all. And not only that, but you get to hang out with them. You get to go to lunch with them. You get to spend time with them. Proximity is power. Over half of the people at this event will be will be professional, full-time, very serious investors. You won't see that anywhere else because literally the couple days before we have our high-level events and all of the the members of the six, the seven, and the eight-figure flipping program uh, will be there, including many of our house living formula members, of which many of you, I'm, I'm sure, are uh, are a part of that, that program. And they'll all be there and... Um, it's just an amazing group, an amazing community, and for three days, everyone just kind of opens up, they put down their walls, and they share everything. 
Uh, so it's pretty crazy. I mean, the investment is like uh, under a thousand bucks. I don't remember where it's at exactly right now, but the vet and the investments like a few hundred bucks to change your life, right? So it's pretty amazing. I highly encourage you, no matter what you have going on, that you find a way to make it there. Regard like anything that's like, don't let anything get in the way of going to this event because it will change your life. So get your tickets now. Prices will be going up very soon. Um, as the seats continue to fill, uh, we will be raising the prices. Um, good old supply and demand, right? So go to fliphackinglive.com. We were not able to find a venue that fit as many seats as what I was looking for. We learned from that. We've already booked or are currently booking our venue for 2019 because of that. But this year, it's it's going to be uh, very limited and we are almost sold out. We will sell out sooner than we ever have before. So go to fliphackinglive.com to get your tickets now. Um, and we will see you there. So other than that, let's uh, go ahead and share the presentation uh, from Andy McFarland that he gave in 2016. And hope you enjoy it. And we will talk to you soon. Take it away, Andy McFarland. Thank you. It is a little scary up here. I'm going to get nerves like, like Bill. Uh, you think you know what you're going to say, you get up here. Okay, thank you for that introduction. That is awesome. And this story is pretty much true, but we, we really just met online. Um, so this right here, this right here, uh, this, this opening slide here on my PowerPoint. Do you guys remember that video he made? Remember the video? He played it earlier, right? Did we play this video earlier? Yeah. Right? So this is him, right? In the, I don't have a point of view, but he's just got that look, right? Staring into this. That video he made was awesome. And the first time I saw that video, we were together at a mastermind group like, I don't know, six months ago. So he's up there talking about stuff, and I'm paying attention, you know. And he says, yeah, we're going to do this event, you know, flip hack, and I'm like, yeah, whatever, we're going to do this thing. And he plays this video for everybody. And it's really good. I mean, you guys know, I, I do a thing called I Love Real Estate Story, that little video channel thing. Anybody watch it? Anybody seen it? If you've seen it, you know what it is. Okay, cool. My brother does that. He's here, so if you like it, tell him you like it because he's really good at that stuff. Um, but he makes this video. I'm like, this is awesome, right? All the cuts are really cool, and he's just, it's just really well produced, right? I'm like, who helped you make this, right? Like, what's going on here? And then he gets, he's talking to these secrets, right? Who's going to tell these secrets? And he tells, uh, there's somebody that comes up there. I forget who it was first. It was Steven first, right? And then it's Doug Van Seust. And all of a sudden, this person comes in there, and he's like, and there's my Andy McFarlane. I'm like, wait, what? So I really perked up my seat. What? I'm in this thing? So that was the first time I found out that I'd be speaking here today. So, yeah. And those of you that know Justin know that that's, that's about par for the course with Justin, right? But that is my family right there. That is us behind the, or in front of the Disney Cruise Boat, which is, which is awesome. So I've been extremely blessed by this business. But that's not really about me today. It's about you guys. And I want to, first of all, how many of you here have met me before? We've met one-on-one, talked a little bit. Raise your hand. I just want to sit see. Everybody? Quite a few. Quite a few. I know, I know quite a few as person. So I feel like I'm among a lot of friends here. Those of you that didn't raise your hand, um, my, my talk here today, and you'll know in a second, is not going to be complete until you come talk to me later. At some point, I'll be here for the next three days like all of you guys. So, so come talk to me later. I hope to talk to you guys one-on-one like I've been doing a little bit this morning. But I want to talk to everybody else one-on-one. And I'll probably forget your name, but uh, forgive me that, but I want to talk to you guys, okay? Um, let me give you guys, for those of you that don't know me, because there's a few of them that might not know me, let me give you a little brief background so you guys can know who I am kind of where I came from, and then we'll get into some of the other stuff. But um, Army brat, born in Georgia, raised all across the country, and uh, had to make friends quickly. But I'm the only entrepreneur in my family. I never knew what I wanted to do growing up. My grades, decent. Eh, I didn't really care about it, but I excelled at certain things, but things that I liked, right? So um, I just, everybody's always, you know, what are you gonna, what's your degree in college, and, and what do you want to be? I had no answer for that. 
And then I read Rich Dad Poor Dad. A lot of you guys probably had the same experience. And you said, oh, I just, you know, I want a passive income. I want to make money, right? So that was it for me. I'm like, I just want to make money, okay? So fast forward, I started doing real estate then years ago. It's probably been about 14 years now. Um, and from doing that, I started doing some deals um, in my local market, Salt Lake City. I live in Salt Lake City. So actually, eh, the next slide's not that important. <laughs> there it is. So that was me. I started doing some deals. I started doing pretty decent. I and mean, that's me. That's the, that's the fish, right? I probably thought I was a lot bigger fish than I really was. So I'm in this pond of Salt Lake City doing some deals. And I got to a point as, you know, years ago that I was doing like 20 deals a year. Right? And I know there's a lot of people in this room that are doing deals um, that are you know, they're very successful. And I was 20 deals a year. And I'm like, this is pretty good. And it really was. It was good. Uh, people want to talk to you. They want to know how you're doing these things. right? So I was kind of like a big fish, I thought, in that pond. And then, uh, then I went to something like this. So that's the importance of these things. I told somebody here in the back that what you think you came for this, what you're going to hear here, right? But there's going to be things you're going to take away from this. I'm hoping what I'm going to talk about in a second will be one of the big takeaways for you if you forget everything else here. But you come here for this, but what you leave with um, can sometimes come from here, okay? So I was doing 20 deals a year. I went to something like this, and there was a guy up on stage that was talking about wholesaling, and I was into wholesaling. Yeah, who, who is wholesalers? Like wholesaling, right? So when you're into something, you're naturally just engaged. You're just dialing into what they're talking about, right? So there's these two guys on stage, and they're talking about wholesaling. And I was just like, this is amazing. And I was just like, I don't want to say I'm in love. But I definitely had, like, man crush on these guys, right? Like, these guys are amazing, right? Um, so afterwards, after they talked, one of them, um, we got to connect more, one-on-one, which I want you guys to come and talk to me, too. Everybody connect. One-on-one, so I got to know him a little better. And I realized that he was very similar to me. He was my same age. Um, he lived in another state. Um, he was doing these amazing things, right? And he had, you know, wife and kids and all that stuff. We just clicked, fast friends, right? So, um, and he asked me, he said, he said, where are you from? I said, Salt Lake. He said, how many people are there? He said, you know, two million people, roughly, population, northern Utah. And he said, he said where are you from? He said, uh, Amarillo, Texas. I'm like, oh, how many people are there? 200,000. Anybody here from Amarillo? Been to Amarillo. Been there, right? Not a big town, is it? No. Right. So um, he's a town of 200,000 people. And his best year, he did over 80 deals in a town of 200,000 people, right? So any of you guys in a small market, you think, oh, I can't do those deals, right? That blew my mind. He did 80 deals in his town. He said, hey, how many people? Two million in your mar- my market. How many deals did you do? <laughs> 20. And he was like, hmm, you've been doing this as long as me. You know, you've got a little bit of money. That's not your struggle necessarily. So why? Why? And I didn't have a good answer for that. But from that relationship, his name was Ryan. Anybody heard me talk about this before? couple. Um, his name was Ryan, and that kicked off for me, going to a group like this. It wasn't what he said. I don't remember exactly what he said on stage, but afterwards, when he said that to me, it kicked something off in me, right? Because he was me. I respected him because he was here, and, but he was me, so I believed him. So afterwards, fast friends, we had accountability calls every month for months. We just, we connected and did that for about 30 minutes, and the first of the year, at the end of that year, this was in March, by the way, at the end of that year, I'd done 34 deals, so there's already, like, this growth, right? And then our accountability call in January, I said, I blew his mind. I said, I'm going to do 72 deals next year. And he was like, whoa, where did that come from, right? And I was just like, well, you know, if you can do this, then, then, then I can do that. And he told me he was actually moving a little different direction. He just wasn't as into uh, the real estate stuff anymore. So, um, but he was still doing well, but he just wasn't into that stuff anymore, right? So we kind of fell out of contact a little bit. 
Uh, and the next post I saw, or the next I heard from him, um, I was on an online forum, and I saw his name, and I saw, you know, RIP. And I was like, oh, okay, here it is, you know. Everybody knows that, that, uh, that he's not doing real estate anymore, because I knew he wasn't as interested in real estate anymore. But I pulled it up, it, it wasn't, he actually, um, he actually passed away. Um, tragic thing, he was 30, 33 years old, and just driving down the freeway one night, and and just hit a post, and that was it. He was done, right? So for me, um, the biggest thing that my friend Ryan gave me was just the permission to do more deals. And I hope you guys don't take that lightly, because that's one of the gifts that I hope to give you guys today. And when I meet you one-on-one, that should complete that gift. But I want to give you guys all permission. Wherever you think that you are right now, like, I can't do this, I can't do that, I'm not Bill Allen, I'm not Justin Williams that you guys challenge that because of that. If you only remember this one thing, that you guys can do more than that. And what your limiting beliefs are, are just your, that's just that. It's just your limiting beliefs. I was talking to Andrew back here just, just a few minutes ago, and I asked him how many deals, how many deals are you going to do next year? Seven. Seven. How many deals now are you going to do next year? 120. No, I said 150. <laughs> but 120. <laughs> and we're all going to hold him accountable to that, right? We'll hold him accountable to that. But, but that's really it. I just want to challenge. I want you guys to see that, that you guys, each of you, and I'm, I'm going to meet each one of you guys later this week, but you have permission to be bigger, and you can be, more, you can be bigger than you think you can be, okay? So I was a big fish, small pond, and jumped out of that, and then, okay, the pond's a lot bigger than this, but how big is this pond? I don't even remember what my next slide is. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. So Ryan had some quotes that I really loved, and I want to go over these. Argue for your limitations for sure enough yours. It's true. If you think you can or think you can't, you're right. Not that. <laughs> Have you ever seen The Edge? Who's seen The Edge? You know, he goes there. When, what's his, is it Anthony Hopkins? What one man can do, another can do. You guys heard this before? <laughs> but it's so true. So from one man to some men and women, you guys, you guys can do this stuff too. Um, okay. So I don't want that just to come off like, you know, like, just hype you up, right? Because I get, like, there's, there's the hype behind that. But I know you're going to come into, um, we're going to leave. You're going to leave here. Oh, I got this one right here. You're going to leave here, like, if that's all you get and you're kind of amped up to do stuff, um, you're optimistic that you can just, like, do these things, right? But you're going to come into some times that are going to look like this. It's a stage two. So you're going to leave here and think you can do everything. And then you're going to come into this, right? This is our stage, but there's this other line, this dotted line that's going through there, is you're learning. So you're learning all the time you're going through stuff. So you're going to leave here hyped up. You don't know what you don't know necessarily, but you're going to start taking action and moving towards it. All the while, your learning's going to go up. And then you're going to hit kind of that wall. I described this the next couple of days ago as getting punched in the face, right? Have you guys been punched in the face? Not literally, but I've never literally been punched in the face. But you're, you're trying to do something, and it's like, oh, it's easy, because Andy said it's easy. He does a ton of deals, right? And then you go out there, you do something, and what happens? That wasn't at the, the event. Nobody said that because nobody talks about those things, right? So you're going to hit that. You're going to hit that pessimism, if you will. And then it comes to this, the why. A lot of people talk about the why, and it's an individual thing. But let me describe it this way, and maybe you guys in your own quiet, like, uh, wherever you do this, you can, like, determine, determine your own why. This balance beam, the best way I've ever heard this described is if there was a balance beam right up here, there's a, if there's a balance beam right up here, who would walk across it for 20 bucks? Got 20 bucks here, you walk across it. 
I actually don't have $20. Justin took all my money earlier this week. But <laughs> you can walk across the stage and you would do that. Why? It's easy, right? Okay. Now take that same balance beam. And let's raise it up on two skyscrapers, 500 feet across, right? 500 feet high across. And you've got to walk across it. 20 bucks, anyone? Calper's the only one in this room that's going to walk across that thing, right? Why wouldn't you? Risk. It's dangerous, right? Okay, now. Now you've got your, those of you that have kids, you've got your kid on the other side of that, that building. Building's burning down, and your kid's over there. That's the only way you're going to get across that. Who's going to go? Everybody's going to go. What changed? The reward, your why. Your why changed there, right? So to figure out what your why is, that's what's going to keep you going right there when you get that. So you guys have permission to be bigger, but that you, when you have your why, when you, hit the, when you get punched in the face, you're going to be able to keep going through it because of that, right? You're going to have to determine your own why. And you're going to ask yourself questions. We asked these questions a few days ago, right? I had one of the members of the group that was just like, well, isn't when money is just enough? When you get the money, is it all about the money? Sometimes it's about the money for people. But most of the time, and I would argue for almost everybody in this room, it's not about the money. There's something else that's driving you to get the money. There's that why. Um, so when you hit that crisis of meeting, stage three, that's when I feel like your why comes in. Why are you really doing this? And then you're going to go up and, and rock it through there. So, actually, I guess you could just have it on me. Um, I want to prove to you guys, that's my, that's my biggest thing this weekend. You guys have permission for me. You're going to meet me, and you're going to find that I'm just a normal guy, okay? And I've got, I'm going to be talking later. In fact, I might get to some of this right now, if, depending on questions stuff that happen. Um, I'm willing to share with you all the tricks, but I felt like the best trick that I could give you guys, if you could just leave here with that, like, I can do it too, because I met Andy, and he gave me permission to do that, that permission that Ryan gave me. That's the permission that I'm going to give you guys, which, by the way, after meeting Ryan... He passed away, and my, one of my big, I mean, big regret is I wasn't current with, current with him at that time. We weren't talking every month. For those of you that love people and we all have loved ones in our lives, be more current with them because you never know what's going to happen, right? He was healthy and just something happened. But he never got to know that that goal of 72, I crushed that year. I did more than 72 houses. He was blown away that I was going to do 72. I did more than that. Um, but, I mean, I know he's, I mean, I know he knows about it, right? But he's, but, um. I hope that you guys all come back and, and can do more than that, right? But I'm going to prove to you guys now. I know you guys know this, right? I want to prove it to you. Can I move one of these mics? Okay. I want to meet some people. Mic check. Meet some people in the room. Eh. Anybody get nervous right now? Uh, anybody get nervous? <laughs> anybody? Anybody want to talk to me? I want to talk to Jason real quick. Who are you, Jason? Uh... Formerly your project manager. Don't give it away. Oh, shoot. Are you a plant? Did I plant you in this room? No. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm actually pretty upset with you right now. Uh, he's really silently a public speaker. He likes to do these things. Um, I think you've got a pretty good story, and I think that your story is going to help illustrate to this group what's possible, right? I'll tell, I'm going to tell how I am. You tell me your side. What should we tell first? What do you want first? When we first met, you want to know my side of it first or his side of it first? Oh, his side of it first? All right, everybody, share if you want his side of it first. Oh, now, if you want my side of it first. Yeah. Woo! All right. I'll shut up here soon enough, all right? Okay. How did we meet? Nice. Give us, just give us a story. Uh, I didn't know what the heck I was going to do. My wife was pregnant. We were living in California. and knew we couldn't afford living there. So um, my sister-in-law, 
told me that she had just started working for uh, an investor in Salt Lake. She's Where's your sister-in-law? Your bookkeeper. Lindsay. Lindsay yeah. Kirby. Best bookkeeper in the world, if you guys need a bookkeeper. <laughs> She's kind of booked out right now, though. Um, <laughs> and so she told me that she knew of a guy that was looking for a project manager. And she knew that I was kind of doing something similar. Asked me if, if that was something I could do. And I was like, yeah. Um, and so I, I flew out to Utah, never having been there. Um, stayed with my sister-in-law for a day or two. Had a lunch meeting with Andy, an interview, and got the job. And Interview. <laughs> yeah. Um, and... Uh, I'll help guide you to the rest okay. of the okay. I think, I think guide you what I want you to say. I think, I think we ended up doing like 30 or so houses together. So let's say where I was at in that time in my life, um, I was somewhere in that, after, after going from the big fish doing 20 deals, right, given permission to do bigger, I thought I can do bigger things than this. I knew I needed to save some of my time and, and delegate, right, outsource some things. Books was hard for me, but I gave that away. I'm so grateful I gave that away because Lindsay's a million times better than me. So I gave that away, and I'm like, oh, I have a little more free time, right? So I said, she said, we need anybody else? And I had this, aver- I had this fear, right? Bill, we're going to get to you. But I had this fear. I'm like, I don't want people. I don't want to be responsible for people. I don't want to hire anybody. But so once I gave her the books, I said, she said, well, do you need anything else? I'm like, yeah, I mean, I need, I need people to help me, right, so that I can, that I can do more deals. And what, what are you dealing with now? Projects, project management. So I haven't found somebody to do projects. Hence, she said, well, you should meet my, my brother-in-law. So I said, okay. So I've got this house at the end of my street that I bought on a short sale. You're, you're still going to be a part of the story. Okay. So I bought this house. Thank you. Um, I just want to make it as awkward for you as possible. And I wanted to make it as everybody's on their toes in this room because you never know who I'm going to come talk to next, right? So I had the house at the end of the street, uh, and I hated the project management. I'm horrible at it. True Patoli may have heard me talk before, like, I'm the worst. Like, my treehouse experience, when I fix my house, I'm the worst. And I knew that. So he shows up for the job interview. I'm late. He, like, goes to my house. I'm late. So I remember pulling out my car. I look over there. There's a guy in my front door. I thought he was a solicitor selling something because there's a kid there. With a shirt and tie, knocking on my wife would answer the door, and I'm like looking up at him, right? And he's pointing down at me, and they come down there. So here he is for this project manager job. He comes down there, he's in his shirt and tie, and shows up there, right? And we went down to the street, house at the end of the street, right? Yeah. And my training with you was the way I remember it, you can tell everyone, was all of like, it wasn't very long, right? I was just like, uh, I need you to do this house. Yeah. Because I can't do this house anymore, right? And I had no idea what, I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah, no, no idea. And I had a little bit less of an idea, right? But I took a chance because he was a guy. He was a warm body, right? And he was... <laughs> but I could tell he was a hard worker, right? I wasn't totally willing to... I could tell he was a hard worker, and I'm like... <laughs> but I could tell he was a hard worker. And so right then, I'm like, you're hired. Do this job, right? And after that, I feel like it was kind of a whirlwind for the next three and a half years. I don't know how yeah. you feel about that. Yeah. It was a whirlwind for the next three and a half years. How many projects did we do? It was north of 30. Yeah, you did more than that, didn't you? Well, it flips. Um, oh, you probably did. Like, projects that I had my hand on, like, that yeah. I touched, like, over 40. Yeah, something like that. So he's doing all those. Um, and we stopped working together about a year ago. Um, we just, like, had different directions going. And so, actually, I want to know what you learned about three and a half years. And two things. Am I special? You've seen me. You've been with me. Am I a special guy? Definitely not special. Thank you. <laughs> Case closed. Everyone can go home. Yeah. Take your permission and go. Just... No, he's just a normal guy. Uh, I mean, scout leader, just a husband, father, cool guy. Uh, what did you learn over those three and a half years? 
I learned a, I learned a lot um, how to manage projects. I like shortly after you hired me though, you got Luke and some other guys doing that stuff. So with like uh, the wholesaling side, I didn't learn too much there. There, that's why I'm here. Because I got rid of the project management, I had then time to go over here yeah, and like figure getting, out the rest, right? I I learned that you uh, you took some initiative. Like right when right when you hired me, you you decided you were, you were wearing too many hats, and I, I use this phrase all I don't the time. Look good in hats. Like, yeah, he's got to get rid of all the hats because he's got one or two that he wants to wear, and he wants everyone else to wear the other hats. So, did you like wearing the hat you wore? Yeah, I loved it. You loved it, right? Yeah. Were you mad that like, you thought I was making money around it? No. Yeah. You loved that. And you learned a bunch of stuff, yeah. assuming. I mean, I wasn't paid great. But... Easy. <laughs> <Easy> now. <laughs> but, I mean, I was paid with were... experience, and I yeah. learned, I learned you, a lot. Were you paid in education? Yeah. How much true. would you have paid for that three-and-a-half-year education? Would you have paid someone a college tuition to go do that? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. But you got paid for that. Oh, yeah. I definitely. Uh, I learned a lot. That's a cheap student loan, bro. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. What are you doing now? Uh, flipping homes. And I, he, go ahead. Oh, I just uh, me and my buddy Robert right here. This is Ginger Kid. Uh, <laughs> we we uh, just went into business together. Got some money together. We're trying to flip and wholesale. Nice. So they got a couple projects going, and yeah, that's good. You can give yeah. it to them. So I hope we can have a couple takeaways there. Takeaway is, one, Andy's a normal guy. Two, I didn't have anything perfect. I mean, we started this thing, and we went for three and a half years, did a bunch of stuff. He learned, I learned. We both benefited from that. Yep. And I'm super proud of you for where you're at now because he's in this room. He wasn't here because he was going to say these things. In fact, if, if I told him this, he wouldn't have come, right? Definitely, yeah. But he paid to be here. Um, he's on his own dime. Obviously, he doesn't work for me anymore. He's, he's doing his own house thing. And I'm proud of him because from where that scared kid that I saw four and a half years ago. Still scared. Well, when you sit down, though, you're not as scared. That scared kid I saw four and a half years ago has learned a ton. He's got, like, three kids now. He's got his own house. He's only had flip houses, and he's flipping houses on his own, and he's going to write his own check, right? Like, he's he's going, right? Yep. So that's it. I'm proud of you. Yeah. I'm proud of you for doing that. And everybody introduce yourself to him here, too. And he's, uh, But he's here because he wants to, to do what you guys want to do. He wants to control his own destiny and do that. And he could have just stayed and done projects for other people, but why did he choose to do this? Like, he's just choosing to take the different actions now that are going to take him as high as he wants to go. And if he wants to do 100 houses next year, do you believe you can do 100? Uh, 30, maybe? Okay. But you have permission uh, at least to do yeah, 100. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. Yeah. And just a little uh, go ahead. insight. I, after I stopped working with Andy, I went and got an office job. Freaking hated it. <laughs> oh, it was miserable. So I quit. I quit two months ago, and this is what I'm doing full time. Yeah. Awesome. Should I put somebody else on the spot? Yes. You guys like me putting people on the spot? Yes. Okay. I'll take all the questions at the end. So anybody that wants questions about anything specific, we'll put them on the spot. <laughs> These guys are good, Justin. These guys are really good. Uh-huh. The people that I like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is it on? Now I need to know, are you guys plants? Did we talk about this before? No, no. We I'm like a magician and start pulling out some stuff. <laughs> What's, think of a card. No. Okay. Um, so I want to talk a little about your story. How do we, when our first phone call and your goals, and I kind of want to talk about that. Introduce yourself. They're here from you. You guys will hear from them later. 
Yeah. Kate and Beth Hall. Um, we live in D.C. and we actually flip in wholesale in Pennsylvania, Harrisburg. So we're not getting in your feeling mode. Oh, sorry. Can you hear me if I don't? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, so we didn't, we didn't meet first. You, yeah. Whose right. story do you want first, hers or mine? Oh, boy. All right. Yeah, yeah. That's So this, like, lean, gangly guy with long legs. <laughs> Cut that mic. Who else wants to talk? <laughs> yeah, keep it up. Um, yeah, when, I don't know when, when we actually met. I'm like, like Justin, not great with the, the timeline there. But you came on board after I joined um, the seven-figure flip yeah. program. Yeah, Zoom call, right? Probably yeah, Zoom call. And um, I was just really getting started and um, trying to kick things up and, and just having a real struggle. It was like the, the parking brake was on. Yeah. Um, but again, I think um, giving me permission to succeed, that, that was huge. I mean, that call was just kind of like, you were like, you, you got this. Like, just, just kind of leap and go for it. And what can you say to somebody to call you? You guys wanted that. You, you pay for some coaching program. You get on there. And now we're on this call together. And it's like, what are you thinking there, right? Like, what's this yeah. guy going to give me in an, an hour call, right? Yeah, and um, just just having somebody there to like really look at your business and and kind of pick it apart a little bit because you know you think you got it all pegged, yeah. you really don't have an idea. So you really kind of deciphered it quickly. Um, like, do you remember your main goals? I remember some of yeah, them. Yeah, I what do. What were they? What were um, they? Let's see my, if our stories match up. Okay. Um, well, I wanted to make buku bucks, but um, <laughs> one of them was to bring Beth on board full time because um, we had flipped houses um, early on. But and I was in corporate. She was. If any of you know DC's life. traffic, I was two and a half hours on the Beltway every single day. I'm not a mic person. Yeah. So, so I wanted to get out. So that was my goal was was to, uh, you know, make, make enough for myself, but then to bring Beth on full time. And she's here because she did just that. How many houses did you want to flip that first phone call? You know, or go back in your mind. Uh, I think I was doing like three, and I wanted to do maybe five a year. Yeah, that's what I remember too from the conversation. Mm -hmm. So my side of this conversation, we met for the first time. We talked about a bunch of that stuff. But I remember your key goals were you want to work with your sister. Twins, if you guys couldn't tell. Twin sisters. The flipping twins. I don't know. Do you guys like that or not? Yeah. We're not getting used to it. Yeah. Why not? So you, you wanted to work with, with Beth. So yeah. we talked a little bit about that. And then I said, what are your goals? You said, well, I've done like three or something deals. And you're doing well. And you're working with your dad. And, all that. Yeah. and then you said, I want to do like five. I remember that. And I didn't want to do it myself. I was doing it myself. So it was like. Yeah, she did. She like. Limping hammer. along, you know, yeah, like yeah. two a year, three a year. Yeah. So, I mean, I said, is that really what you want to do? And you're like, yeah. Um, so we, we kind of left a little bit of that. I don't remember much more from the call. But then you went to the group. I mean, different than this. It was like a smaller setting than this. But you went to that group, and you saw um, people doing more stuff. And when you left that group, in fact, they both came to the group together. Oh, my gosh. And <laughs> what happened? Like two days into that group, three, two or three days into it, what happened? We pulled the old Tony Robbins jump thing. Right? Well, because who was it? Justin called me out? Yeah. Justin made me quit my job, obviously. <laughs> but I gave my two weeks in the hotel room from our program, and I, I was done in two weeks full time. That was June. I was, yeah, I started in February, I guess, technically. Full time with the sis. Biggest goal, check. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. all you got. There yeah. you go. She did that. And then so we, you did something else that was key there. And if you don't remember, I'll fill them in, like guiding you towards. What else did you do there? You went to that, you went to that event. Yeah, at the meeting. You remember the next thing? I remember what you did. What, your goal wasn't five after that, was it? Oh, yeah, no. It was, um, uh, well, I wanted to do wholesales and flipping, but it was one a month. Yeah. What changed then? I mean, you were like three, then you were five. What changed? What made you think you could do one a month? Well, getting, 
getting myself out of the way and getting other people in place, I think that was huge because it was just wearing all the hats, and I'm sure a lot of you guys are doing that. So getting out of the way and... And, um, and putting systems in place, I would say, seeing that you can actually automate the process, um, get out of your email, get off your phone, have the people in place to do the job so you can completely extract yourself and have them run the daily business. It's really important, and that's been, that's been huge. Huge. Yeah. It's but the biggest thing I saw with you guys... We're not, we're not getting it, apparently. Yeah. 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 No, no, not, you're not it, okay. I'm not trying to guide you. I'm not trying to... Why, the, your biggest thing that I saw with you guys, you raised your sights a lot higher. Because mm-hmm. you guys are at like, I mean, spoiler alert, do you want to say how many deals you guys are going to do this year? 41, I think. 41. Like, so she went from three, I did three, to like, I want to do five. And now she's doing 41. So what was the difference? Like, just seeing other people do it, believing it was possible, right? There's mm-hmm. kind of a theme here a little bit, but I want to Well, it's like the six-minute mile. Once somebody does it, then everybody seems to be able to do it because they know that they can. They run it in four now? No, I'm just kidding. No, it's when you broke that six and went wrong. Yeah. History's not my forte. Yeah. You're good. Oh, uh, thank you, guys. This girl is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to so much. So, the difference for them was they saw other people doing it, they believed they could do it, and they saw, like, normal people right, doing it, right? So that's why I want to give you guys that, too. I do want to make it awkward for somebody else. And I, I warned him about this, though. Ace? Ace? I, our first phone conversation was very interesting, right? We'll pass it down to Ace. His call sign's Ace. You know, like Maverick, Goose and Maverick? He's Ace. He posted this picture on our, on our face, private Facebook forum of, like, you know, like the, uh, what are those called? Those, the helmets with, like, the reflector shields on and stuff? He posts this selfie it's like called that. called a helmet. Were you fa- <laughs> Cut his mic. <laughs> but, you know, like the, like the Top Gun stuff, right? He's like, oh, I've got to work today, guys. Takes a picture. You weren't mid-flight with that, were you? I was going to ask you that before. The student does most of the flying. Okay. <laughs> mid-flight. This is what our, this is the, the name. The instructor is taking a <laughs> selfie of himself mid-flight. Uh, I'm curious about our first phone call. <laughs> so good. So good. <laughs> So our that first almost call. happened on that photo. You guys know from Bill. Like, Bill's amazing, right? You guys heard him speak there. Like, you saw all that stuff, right? He's amazing. And Bill is like, I mean, pilot, you've got to be type A, like, go get him, command the room, and you come in there. Super smart. Engineer, right? Like, yeah. super smart guy. Uh, he's doing real estate stuff. So our first phone call, we're coming into this. Enter Andy, right? So what, I'm curious what you think about the first phone call. And I, I've got some takeaways I had from our first phone call. Yeah, I signed up for the group because uh, for Justin, and then they gave me Andy on the phone. You're like, so here's I, the bait and switch. Didn't even, Here didn't it even is. Know, didn't even know who he was. Yeah, I didn't know he wasn't going to fulfill it. Yeah. <laughs> no, we, we talked. I, I remember this conversation really well um, because I, I, was, I, I joined the group because I just wanted to – I said, if I just do one more deal next year, then it will pay for itself. You know? So I was – at that time, I, I didn't have it. Uh, you know, I didn't have a million dollars. I didn't have a ton of money to write that check. So – um, so I, I said, this is even if it, I do one more deal, and that's it's really all I wanted to do. Is I was a one man show, like I talked about, and I just maybe wanted to do a couple flips next year, um, and that's it. And do you know enough to supplement my military income when I retired, and uh, make half of what I was making before, and the other half in in houses. And I, I said I I don't want to be responsible for anybody else. I don't want to hire anybody. Um, 
he, he said, well, you know, you're, you're never really going to take yourself out unless you, you what about, let, let me show, tell you what my business is like, and here's all the people that work with me. Because uh, I wanted more time, um, but I figured once I retire from the military and I can put some systems in place uh, like Justin has for flipping houses, I just do a couple a year, it's fine. And I was scared to hire people, and I, I said, I, that, that's not for me. I don't want to do that. That came that, up. That's yeah. exactly what I, I don't want to do. And uh, it's exactly what I'm doing now. So, uh, <laughs> so I remember, what I remember from the first phone call was, of the many calls that have kind of happened that I've gone on those first calls, there was, there was, I remember, like, very much kind of like, like, you know, that type A, like, hey, what are you going to teach me, right? What do, you, what do you got for me? I don't remember that. You don't remember that? <laughs> but I remember that. It was, it was tough kind of breaking, like, working that through first. But it was clear. We talked about stuff, and he's very smart, like, knows, just, just really smart, just a really accomplished guy all around. Um, so he had that, but I remember telling me that. He's like, I don't want to hire anybody. I don't want to do that stuff. But the thing that I really liked about Bill, and I hope you guys can see all these examples of, like, you know, I'm not a special person, and these people are all, they're special people, but, <laughs> but they're, we're all normal, right? And that they, I told him, you know, how I did it, and he chose to do that. And although he had that kind of front first, we dropped that, and we became friends, and, and the humility of that. He's just one of those guys, like you said, I have an original thought in the real estate, too. I, I'm probably the same way. I have an original thought. I just implemented and did what other successful people had done. I got there. So he's a perfect example. Like, what I liked most about you, these guys raised their sights big. And you, you kind of had the humility to just be like, whatever, I'm going to do that. And he took fast action. He just did it. He hired people. He started sending the mail, doing the things, breaking the system, and bringing people on. And that's why he is where he is today. It's been less than a year. And you guys, he's like a rock star doing, you guys heard this, but in summary, right? He's doing like 70 deals this year, and he now lives somewhere else, like in less than a year. What makes him think he could do that with a full-time job, right? But the humility that you just took that stuff and said, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to work this because I saw it work for you. And for whatever reason you believed it, if, you know, that if I could do it, you could do it. You probably looked at me like, yeah, this, this guy, if this guy can do it, I can totally do it, right? I, not on the phone, but when I met you in person, that's what I Thank was thinking. Thank you. <laughs> Which is why, coming back to the first of this conversation, you guys all need to come meet me because you're like, you might still be thinking yeah. like, you know. You might still be thinking he's something. He's not anything, right? You know, the other thing that you talked about, and I, now I remember the call a little bit better, but I wasn't sitting back with my arms crossed. Um, they weren't, but in my head they were crossed. <laughs> oh, okay. It was, uh, it was also focus. I, I didn't have a lot of focus at that time, and I was, I'm kind of a deal junkie still, which I'm sure my team will say, I just want to buy everything. Um, but I, I didn't have a lot of focus. I was doing a lot of different things, and I thought they could each make me money. So now... Um, that focus has allowed me to do some other things too. And that's what I saw with a lot of these guys is they do one or two things really well and they don't try to do everything just okay. So I've always tried to be in the jack of all trades, but I realized that you need focus on, on what you're doing, that shiny object. And it got me in trouble a couple of times. Some of the worst deals are when I tried to go outside of my element. Awesome. Are you, did you, could you ever even imagined right before we met that you would have be doing that you'd have no. what you have right now. No way. Not no. even close. No. So just to pound in my point one more time, what you think is possible, raise those sights, and that's still, you can be better than that. But if that's all you get from today is that permission that you can be bigger, you know, Andrew and, and, and Mary and everybody in this room, like, that, that can be a huge takeaway for it. I'm going to give you more than that too. But. <laughs> now I got somebody else I want to talk to too. One other person. You're going to hear from these guys, too, but I'm going to, I'm going to steal their thunder a little bit here, too. You always you want the mic. Watch out. Okay. 
first phone call. Actually, what were you doing before that? Before this, before we got intertwined. Before I met Mike? Uh, or before we got intertwined. Before you we got intertwined. Working together. You so, guys will tell. These guys are speaking tomorrow? They're tonight. Speaking later. Tonight. Later today. These guys have a great story. So I won't spoil your whole story, but they were working together. You can tell the backstory then, but you guys working together, and what were you guys yeah, doing? Yeah, so in your business? we were working together, and we were doing two or three deals a month. Um, you know, we were pretty excited about that. Thought it was a good business model. We were, you know, we were happy with what we were doing. Excited about that, and then we'd heard about the program and got on the phone call with you, and basically just had the idea of trying to steal every single thing that you had to offer. <laughs> they were saying this behind my back. I found out from Justin. <laughs> we'll edit it a little bit, but they said. We want to ravage, pillage, and plunder Andy's business. Why are you guys here? I don't know if that's written in the application, but we want to ravage, pillage, and plunder Andy's business. Basically, they want to come in and steal the secrets, right, that you guys are going to get too. But like, we want to steal the secrets. We're letting the secrets out now. Right? Yep. So, okay, go on. Is it... um, where are you leading me? <laughs> <laughs> so, what were you guys doing then, and where are you guys at now? So, basically, when we yeah, first started, we were basically – Two guys just trying to hustle through every single thing. Um, you know, we had aspirations to do more than what we were doing. Maybe we didn't have our target set high enough, I think. And then, you know, through the, the coaching program and meeting with you, we kind of understood what we could potentially do. Yeah. So just seeing somebody that did more, because did you guys think it was possible to do what you're doing right now? I don't know if you – is this – too much spoiler alert if you tell me. No, I don't think so. Maybe, maybe a little bit, but. Okay. <laughs> I'll dig deeper in the weeds, don't worry. They're doing a lot right now. But did you think ever that that was something you could do? Was it even in your sights? Honestly, Mike and I were pretty aggressive, right? So we knew we wanted to do big things. We didn't really have clarity. We didn't have maybe a number in our head, but we knew that we wanted to do big things. But really for us, I think what changed and what surprised us is the the, the time frame that we did it in, right? It was kind of like, yeah, we want to do, you know, millions of dollars and want to be big deal, but we, we had no idea how long it would take. We had no idea how to get there. It was sort of like, you know, I want to go to this destination, but nobody's giving us a map, right? So we were like, you know, get, we were doing okay, like we said, but, you know, the time frame that we were able to do it in and accelerated growth in such a short amount of time, that's what we really – blew us away, right? We, you know, we, we can't stand up here and say we didn't think that we could do some of this stuff, but, you know, we, we had the belief and we had the drive. We just didn't have the direction. So that's, that's really the biggest thing for us, I think. Awesome. And the things from you guys, I remember uh, just the fact that you guys didn't have to, like, reinvent it. You just saw it, and you guys just take massive action and just do it. Kind of like Bill, too, the same thing. Just, like, just do it. Just move forward and do those things. Yeah, like, I, we keep saying spoiler alert. I hate to be a big spoiler alert. You're going to hear a continuous theme i think from people that come up on stage and it's it's not about the the trick and all the like things that you don't know the the the, you know, the silver bullet kind of approach it's really just take what other people have done take what people up here are saying and and don't just write it down and then throw your notebook in a drawer and like oh i don't know what to do when you get home like do it like write down the items the action items and, and take action on it it's really all it is like andy said i mean mike and i are super special but andy's not special no i mean <laughs> No, I mean, seriously, though, we're not doing anything that, that everyone in this room can't do, honestly. I mean, we would have been somebody probably, you know, sitting in the back of the room, you know, if we hadn't hooked up with you guys. So, it, you know, there's, there's really nothing at all that we do ever that can't be done by anybody. Yeah, thanks. So I feel like I'm just I'm beating this point into everybody, but this is the main thing. Before I came here, <clears throat> I found, you know, when I found out Justin was going to have me speak, 
I've, I've, I've bounced a lot of it. I'm a verbal processor, so I bounce a lot of things off of my neighbor, actually. So we were taking our kids to school, and we're talking about stuff. I said, I'm going to come speak to this group. What are we going to do? And he's like, what are you going to speak on? And I had all these things I'm going to speak on. Because Justin said secrets. I'm like, I got all these secrets. So I had all these things lying itemed out. And I said, I said well, what do you think? Right? He's not in real estate, so he doesn't have that, that uh, perspective. But he is an entrepreneur. And he told me about a time in his life uh, four years ago when the market was, the market was bad and, and his business wasn't going well. He wasn't making ends meet. He had $7,500 left in his account. Okay? And he took that, and he actually went to, he went to a seminar. He went to Dave Ramsey Entree Leadership. Have you ever listened to Entree Leadership? It's good. But he went there and got to spend days with Dave Ramsey. And I don't know why he did this, but he chose to spend his last $7,500 on that, which, you know, that's, I don't know. That he wanted to do that. But he did that. And I said, four years later, was it good? He's like, oh, yeah, worth it. I said, what did he say that was worth that? And he's hanging out with Dave. He said, frankly, he said, you know, T-shirt and jeans and just kind of like, he's like, really, Dave Ramsey? He said, what did he say? And what he got out of that, four years later, he said, I say it permission, but he said that, that I could do it, that he was a normal guy and that I could do that too, that he wasn't anything special. That's what he got for $7,500, right? And I was like, wow, really? He was like, worth it. I came back from there and just, just skyrocketed stuff. So uh, I want you guys to know. So I wanted my first thing. I mean, I, the other stuff was like, okay, which, but what, and he said that. Yes. No, no, no. I'm actually going to get to that right now, but. But I, I want you guys to have that, and I want you guys to have that permission to be as big as you want and come talk to me about this stuff so you can know that I'm, not, I'm normal. That said, I don't know if somebody can take notes on this, but what else, I'll ta- I'm going to take all questions, but what else would you guys like to know from me either tomorrow or the next day? Like what specific things can I give you? Because now that you have the main secret that I got that caused me to go from 20 deals a year to we're going to do quite a few this year, what else do you guys want to know from me? Crickets. How I'm doing things in theory. So I've got an idea. I can, I can answer some of these things now, but I'm also, I can go back and I can come up here at a future time with my laptop and show you guys whatever you guys want to see, the secrets. I'll peel back any curtain you guys can find in my life. I'll peel it back and show it to you. Okay. What's that? I don't know. Ask away. How'd I do it? I'm a normal guy. I just showed you guys that, right? What do you guys want to know? And, but, so uh, I don't know if we want to take a look questions and the questions that um, you feel you can answer now, answer now. Yep. And then the ones that you feel like are a little bit longer and you want to come I like it. Prepare. I'll come back and say, you guys want that in more detail and I'll come do that yeah. in more detail. Fair yeah. enough. Because I want you guys to leave here and feel like that I said everything or I mean, the other guys can just do it. From me that you got everything that you wanted to get. Right? One-on-one's great, but here, this is more, it can teach better here. I'll just show you guys all the stuff you want to see. You can ask any questions, and if it's like a bigger topic, we can cover it. If everybody's like, do you want to hear about that? Yeah, we'll hear about that, and I'll do it. Hey, thanks. What was the trigger that you, looking back, what was the trigger that you saw that went, that enabled you to go from 20 to 72 plus that next year? The big trigger. I, I know the permission the was the part, but I was guess... It? But, yeah. I mean, permission was the part, was the key what part. What else besides that? But when you get down into the weeds, kind of what, what changed to, to take you from 20 to 72 plus? You guys want to know how to do that? There's a systematic approach. You ready for the systematic approach? So everything that you're doing right now, first of all, you've got to know that you can do it. You believe that you can do it, even if you can't see that path. 
And then here's how you can get to that path. Write down that that's what you want to do, 72 deals or whatever it is you want to do. And see what, what are all the things that are taking your time right now. You can write those things down. What are all the things taking your time right now? Right? And for your business, you're wearing a lot of different hats. If you're like a, most entrepreneurs are solo operators, okay? So you're wearing all the hats. So write down those things that you're doing that are taking the most of your time. And you just have to, you have to delegate that one item to somebody. So I showed it to you guys through Jason, so we'll re reiterate it here. My books was one for me. I had somebody do my books, so I was free from that. And the project management was one for me. So that was the next thing. I was still doing everything else, but then the project management went away. And then what was the next thing for me? He mentioned Luke as the guy that answers my phone calls, was the guy that answers my phone calls. He started to answer the phone calls. Then what's the next thing for me? So for you guys in your life, and not everybody always want to flip 200 houses in a year. Whatever it is that you want to do, just write in all the things that you're doing, and to the extent that you can give that to somebody else, then you can focus and do something else, right? Um, and I would say, when you write down all those tasks that you're doing, make a note next to those, how much those tasks are worth per hour. Because I've said this to people before, too. How much do you want to make? And if you take that, that number and divide it by 2,000, because there's supposedly 2,000 working hours in a week, we've been told, right? Or 2,000 working hours in a year, we've been told. Because it's like 50, 52 weeks, but you know, 50 because they take a two-week vacation or 40 hours a week. And then that's your dollar per hour. And if you're doing anything less than that, if you're not delegating that, you can't expect to make more than that. So, so take those items and, and start delegating those items, like I did, stepping out at one piece at a time. And then when you do that, and I didn't even have the grand vision, guys. I, at that time, I didn't see anybody that was doing 200. I mean, I, some of you may have heard this story before, but I met a guy when I was a seller that was selling me and my partner a house. We're across from his business. And, um, and he told me the glory days when he used to flip 100 houses a year. And we just nodded and smiled because, you know, you can't offend the old man. And we left there, and I remember talking to my partner, and I was like, that guy was lying. He was totally lying. We're like, is there any way you can do that? He's like, there's no way you can do that. We bounced that off of each other for a few minutes. We're like, yeah, he was lying. It's like, it wasn't even possible. How could you possibly do that? No one that I knew was doing that, right? But now, if, if you see somebody that else is doing that, how can you do that? You can do that. You just have to do what they did. And I'm telling you, that's how I did it, one step at a time, just delegating a task, delegating a task. Jason, these guys know that I'm no different than any of you guys. I just took one task at a time. And then to the extent that I want to grow even more, what do I have to do? What am I doing now? Do I want to be doing that, or can I delegate that to somebody else? Right? That? Okay. I want you guys to get them some specific secret stuff, like because I'm gonna, I'll tell you all the secrets. I'll yeah. tell you all the marketing stuff yeah, we're doing. I'm here, also, I'm here for you. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. So, uh, one of the themes that's coming up, like from everybody that's talked so far, is uh, hiring people. Right. Yes. We have to get people. So, can we talk about all the roles and responsibilities in your current business? Yes. Maybe how much you're paying them, if it's commission based or if it's uh, yes. a rate, something like that. You guys all want that? Yeah. Okay. All the boxes. Okay. Yeah. One more. Okay. Oh. I wanted to talk about the application of private funds. So you raise the money, but how you apply it, if it's uh, paid in increments, I mean, as, you, as in when you use it, or if it's paid in whole, I mean, the interest is paid on the entire amount that you'll use for the investment. Gotcha. If that makes sense. So how I, how I work with private money? Let's, let's talk about that, yeah. If oh, you're, okay. What's that? Maybe someone write all this down for you? Mm. Are you going to talk about it now? I can't. I, I was thinking we could build a bigger list that I could come back and, and share all this stuff. So yeah. I know there's other time slots, or okay. I don't even know where we're at with time. Yeah, how much time does he have? He has, yeah, we have 20 minutes, so. Hey, good. And beyond that, too, like anything that takes more effort than that. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
So question one was uh, roles I, I got the question one, too. They're one. just going to take a bit. Okay. But let's, actually, let's do it. I'll just write down the roles. You guys want to draw some boxes here? Yeah, yeah. Like the organization chart, right? You guys know what I'm talking about organization chart? So you can get one in my head. Um, so in my organization, and you people call these things different names. I'll call them what I call them. So I currently have somebody that answers the phones. I call that a lead manager. The person answers the phones. I actually have three of them now. And by the way, when you do these things, you're, you're building your machine, and you're going to see different pieces break at different times. And my, my machine is currently broken. I told Andrew this earlier. My machine is broken. Um, but, so my lead manager, right? The lead manager takes the phone calls. The people that go see the sellers are called acquisition. I call them acquisition managers. Salespeople, you can call them that. Got acquisition manager. I have a marketing manager. That person handles all of the marketing. So anything that's going to keep the phone ringing, and they're also going to track the cost of that, make sure that we're not spending a dollar and making 50 cents, right? We need to spend a dollar and make five. Yeah. That's the flyer, like they make the flyers, send out the flyers. Everything. They're responsible right? for that, right? And when they're wearing that, because I think when you guys are wearing that hat, you're, you're doing everything with that, right? Until you can give it to somebody else. So my marketing manager currently is doing all that, but he also could hire an assistant if he wants to to help him with some of those admin tasks, right? Because even the people that work for you need to delegate those lower value times, lower value tasks, because they want to make more money and you want them, you don't want your hire, you don't want a $50 an hour guy make, doing something for $15 an hour. You're losing money there, right? So not only should you not do it, your team should not do that, right? So that's the marketing manager. He keeps the phone ringing. And are you going to share how much you're paying these individuals for percentage? Yeah, and it'll vary for your areas, but the lead managers, um, I think roughly $12 to $15 an hour. I have a main lead manager, though, that makes a salary plus a spiff on all of our deals. And we did that because she's highly skilled, and she manages the other phone people, and we knew we would have to scale that. We were kind of building for that growth, and we said she's going to have to manage other people. So I think she makes, I think, 40000 Plus a spiff on every deal. 50 bucks? 100 bucks? You don't have to pay people. As, I know. I, well, don't feel like they have to do all of it right away. I mean, he built oh, into yeah. it. So write this out as this is where I'm going to work towards. This is what it can look like if you want to. Yeah. This is what it can look yeah, like. This is the future, right? right? Yeah, it's in the future. Yeah, what it can look like. So uh, lead manager, marketing manager, acquisition manager. Uh, we have a transaction coordinator because there's a lot of stuff that goes on. You guys know how to do these things. Fifteen percent. They get fifteen percent of the deals. Of what? Fifteen percent of the gross. Fifteen percent of the gross they I pay my guys really well. Not everybody pays people that well. Let's pay them pretty well. That's when a deal closes they can pay? Deal closes, yeah. When the money hits the bank account, they get that. Any gross, not net. Gross. Yeah, gross, not net. The salespeople get paid off the gross, the gross margin. They get paid off of the gross of the of the stuff that they produce, not the net of the company. Um, where was that with that? Transaction coordinator. We have a disposition person. Disposition is the person that's going to sell these properties because you get all these properties in. You, know, you guys know when you're talking to the buyers, right? How do I find this buyer? How do I put my ad up to sell this property? The person that's going to that's going to sell the property for you. That's a sales role too. You have a disposition person. This is is this just to um, how you say uh, to dispose of the property, or is it also a pl application of private funds? No, 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 they have nothing to do with private funds. They don't deal with that. Okay. Nothing to do with private funds. So they they sell the properties that we get wholesale. We you actually don't, have, you don't market on MLS. I those you, the the disposition disposition they don't market on MLS. Mostly we're selling to private private buyers. We do sometimes sell in the MLS. Got it. But that would be the real estate agent, which is kind of another role in this. Yeah. They're kind of like kind of in the organization, but they're kind of not. This is a real estate agent. Okay. We have two dispositions people now. Just hired another one. Um, who else is there? I draw out my own chart. How do they get paid? 
you know, the one guy, Luke, was started with me, answering the phone calls. And I started moving his seat around because he's just a really quality individual. Moving his seat around on the bus, and he's moved into dispositions. And uh, he gets a percentage of the net profits because I've moved him around so much in my business. Now, that's not necessarily a model that you're going to have to do, but, but he was just the guy that I wanted to keep. And just to keep him happy, we structure the, the, the percentage that way. So he gets a percentage of net profits. Paul? Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is what it's going to look like down the road if you choose to grow it this big. But just realize these are all the hats that you're wearing, right? Yeah. Yeah, down the road. You don't have, and you don't, have to, you don't have to get all these people at once. Um, project manager, because we do some flips. So we have somebody that manages the projects. And then I actually took a step that not a lot of people do. There are some bigger wholesalers in the country, but not a lot of people take the step that I took. The big step that I took away was I have a guy running my business, the operating officer. I call him the COO. I mean, I'm not like corporately trained guys. So like, that's what we call him, operating officer. And he's the guy that runs that whole, put him at the top of that organization chart because he's running all of that stuff. He's kind of management of all of that stuff. Um, and then we have, but those salespeople, we've got six now. Phone people, we've got three. Dispositions, we just hired a second one just because it's grown. And as we've moved forward, there's been different problems. Uh, our problem earlier this year was we weren't answering the phones live, which that's a huge tip for you guys. That one, right, besides the permission, which is your biggest tip, answer your phone. <laughs> Write that down, circle it, put a star by it, and say, thank you, Andy, and send me my commission later. <laughs> answer your phone. So we broke our machine a little bit. You know, we've, what's our biggest spot in our machine now? We weren't answering live, so we hired two other people. So we hired three people answering live. So we answered live. What was our next <coughs> biggest problem? We had more leads. We had more leads, and I saw my acquisition people running like crazy. How many of you guys have been to more than like 10 seller appointments in a week? Anybody? I've seen my guys do it, and we were like, why can't you do this? Cracking the whip on them. We realized, duh, they're human beings. They have other things going on in their life. They have to eat, sleep, and be with their families too. So we realized they were at a capacity. So why did I hire a second salesperson? Because the first one was just so inundated. So we hired a second salesperson. I feel like they can go about eight, eight appointments a week. Eight new people probably, right? So we hired a second one, third one, all that stuff. So now we had all that stuff. What's the next biggest problem, right? The leads are getting answered live. So you've got more leads coming in. Now you're going to see these sellers. You're spending the appropriate amount of time building rapport and, and closing those sellers in person. And I've talked a lot about that. And I can, I can give that presentation. I have those presentations if you guys want to see that. But then we were getting more contracts. So that becomes heavy on who then? Transaction. transaction coordination, right? So my guy that was dispositions and transaction coordination became dispositions only, and he hired him a transaction coordinator. So he kind of manages her, right? We stepped into that way. And then what becomes the next biggest problem, right? You hire more salespeople. What's the next biggest thing? More deals. More deals. So um, this month, we hired a second dispositions guy that's going to start on Monday when I come back because we did more deals this month. We signed up 34 deals this month in September. So my problem was, thank you, thank you. So our next, we broke the machine. I keep telling guys to break the machine. We broke the machine and there was too many deals in there, right? How do you deal with that many deals? Yeah. And so we hired a second person to help sell those deals and help us with that. That project manager, what was their role and responsibility in, that, in the organization? The project manager. The project manager. They yeah. just make sure that they go see the scope of work, make sure it's on time, on budget, and watch it all the way through. 
So you, you flip too, not just wholesale. Yeah, I do flip as well. Okay. But my, I'm different in my organization. My project manager is kind of a high-level position. What you guys think of a project manager, the guy that's swinging the hammer and doing this stuff, he manages them. Right. So he just makes sure that they're on time, on budget, and do what they say they're going to do. So he manages them across three different states. Okay, I'll, I'll come to you afterwards. <laughs> you can't, but did I miss any of those roles there? No, I think you've got them all. You got I mean, them? But the bigger role, too, I step, a big step back I took was that COO position. Yeah. So I can get out of that because I'd be running crazy with all that stuff, right? It's a full-time job managing all that. And, by the way, I manage all of that by, there's a book. If you get to a point like that, anybody's in a point like that, read a book called Traction. It's called Traction. And that book will tell you how to manage that chaos. And I manage that chaos in about five hours a week. The first hour is on Monday morning. From 8.30 to 9.30, we go through every single deal that we have in our system. And I have a meeting with three people in my organization, the COO and my dispositions guy. And I know every single week what's closing and what we need to buy. That's for an hour. We go through every single deal. We'll give it like a couple of minutes. That, that meeting has gotten longer. Those of you that were here earlier this week, you guys know I was on the phone. It was an hour and a half phone call. Why? Well, I mean, obviously, September had a lot of deals. Right? You've got to talk about this stuff. So we have that. And after that meeting, we go to a team meeting. Everybody on my team, because if you just hire people and you don't have a system and a process for kind of keeping it all in line, it'll just be even more <laughs> chaos. So we have a meeting from 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock where everybody, all everybody on my team, all those guys in those boxes, they all sit right there, and they share a number that, that how they did last week. The person that's answering the phone, what number do they share? How many times do they answer the phone? How many leads do we put into our system, right? That's the important number for her. The salespeople, what do they put in there? How many appointments do they go on? How many contracts do they get, right? Pretty simple, but they can have a time and a place they, need to, they have to come and, and put that in there. So we all talk about it. That's an hour meeting, and we talk about any issues that everybody needs to talk about. We do the big rah-rah sessions that get go. Everybody keep going. So that's how we manage that. So that's two hours, and then the other two hours are like I meet with my COO, and this is important too, important for you guys. I mean, some of you guys might be here already. I take a step back, and I say, a time in the week to be with the guy that's running my company and say, what's the biggest problem now? And we, we answered that by saying, let's get more salespeople, or let's get more phone people, let's get more salespeople. And recently, what was the biggest problem now? Deals. We could see this. Our guy was at capacity. Where is it breaking? Dispositions. We could see the water coming out of the dam, right? So what do we do? We ran over there and put the patch on the dam, and we said, we've got to find somebody. So we found somebody, did an interview with them, had them take some personality profiles. He's starting on Monday. We're going to start training him, right? But I guarantee you, as we continue to grow, there's going to be water somewhere else that's coming out of the dam. And what are we going to do then? We'll figure it out. Right? Just like you guys, every step of the way, you say, well, I'm not there. You don't have to be there. Wherever you are, you're going to go and break something, break your machine, and then you're going to patch the machine, and then you're going to keep growing. So don't, you don't have to start here. You just start wherever you want to go and just start taking those steps, right? Even if you can't see three steps, you can take the one step. Just take the one step. Then you'll start seeing the path as you keep stepping forward. Thanks. Good? Follow-up questions with that? Bookkeeper? Bookkeeper started as a bookkeeper, and she turned into manages the whole chaos, right? All this stuff. Because besides this stuff, um, besides this, what we're talking about here, the flipping and the, and the wholesaling, I also, we started a real estate brokerage. We actually run, we run other investors' pay-per-click campaigns. So that's a whole other services company. I do this with what you guys see here. I have rental properties. I also do some loans. So all that stuff. Manages all that chaos, right? So when my wife writes a check, she emails Lindsay. She doesn't talk. I, I don't even know. Well, I don't know how much money's in the account. I'm like, Lindsay. I mean, I do. I oversight. I look at all that stuff. I do know it's a high level. But, yeah, that's how much. That's like uninvolved I kind of am with that stuff. But that's because, what, back to 
his question over there. How did you do that? Well, I stopped doing those tasks that were, I got out of my own way, right? So that I could serve a little bit of a higher purpose, right? And by the way, it's been really cool, total side note, but the thing that I really enjoy about this, one of my whys is I'm able to see Jason Reed grow and do his thing. I'm able to work with my older brother, and I love real estate stories. That's the other thing, right? You guys know I do, I love real estate stories. I work with my younger brothers in the company. Luke and Laura and Michelle and Lisa and Lacey and, and Duke and all these people that work with me, they are boxes to you. They're names to me. And it's been awesome, awesome to see what they do. So I'm there just as much for them as I am for me now because I do okay. But it's awesome to see their growth. And not all growth is money. Jason said, oh, he didn't pay me very well, right? Ha ha, we laughed. But it's cool to see where he's at. It's cool to see that he got that knowledge and we were able to help each other progress. And we're still, we're still good friends. We're good friends. Sorry, total tangent, but you're fine. I'm a, I'm a tangent guy. Offshoot on that. Who? This guy's first. All right. Hey, Andy. Yeah. Um, so marketing-wise, uh, what is the list criteria on your direct mailing campaigns? Now, this could be whether you're entering a new market or you're establishing an existing market. And then do you have a process of um, evolving that list to be more refined? If so, what's the process, and how do you go about that? Um, if you read the fine print in the disclosure, actually, I said I wouldn't talk about that. Right, so, I know. Yeah. Uh, next question. <laughs> no, the, uh, the list. So do you want to go big or do you just want to like say small? If you want to scale, if you want to go in there, when we go into a new market, the first thing we hit is that we get our big list. We call it the universe list, the equity list, whatever. You get absentees and owner-occupieds. How many of them there have 50% equity or more? How many are in that list? And when you want to go at scale, just be mailing that list every 30 days. Or 45 days, whatever. But that, that's going to get you at scale. We also enter and do, do online stuff. We go on with pay-per-click. But those two things drive a lot of the dirt. The niche list there, we've mailed inheritance, parents list, probate, 60 to 120 day late, tax lates. We, we mail those niche lists. But what we found is just get more dirt in your machine. Like we just mail the bigger list. Because okay. you can spend a lot of time. Who's gone down to the courthouse and done the probate and all that stuff? I mean, it's good. You can get some niches and stuff there. But if you're just going to go big, if you want to, like, put more dirt in your machine, if you want to just get more market stuff, just, just hit the big list. And then once you do that, the caveat to that is, who, what's circled and starred on your papers? Who has it? Answer your phone. Answer your phone. But my market's competitive. What? I can't. There's no deals here. Nobody's calling. What? Answer your phone. That, that might be the best thing you get from this, too. Um, th those are the lists, though. Those are the big things. We don't complicate it much. We do big lists and go, boom. And then operationally, we deal with it. We're pretty tight operationally, right? Whereas the one-man band, he can't do all those things. We, we do all those things. And we try to be as good as we can and constantly improve that and add people to shore up the machine. Is that it? I think I answered it. Yeah. If I went on a tangent, I didn't answer it. Sounds good. Good? Awesome. Great. Yeah, thanks for doing what you do. Um, my question is kind of related to the marketing piece. I'm just wondering if maybe later in your next talk you can talk more broadly about what you guys are doing from the marketing perspective, getting down to you know, how many mailers you're sending in each of your markets, what kind of response rate you're getting in those markets. I'm sure it's going to be different in everyone's different. individual market. And, and then your cost per click for PPC and kind of like what that looks like, cost per lead. And I, I know it's different in every market, but I just kind of want to like hear you kind of talk through that because I'm sure we'll all be able to learn a lot from that. Yeah, yeah. Are you guys good with my rambling, me talking through these random things? Yeah. I do better with this, right? Everybody pull me off stage if I've got to be pulled off stage here. Um, <laughs> 10 minutes? 
10 minutes. Okay. So there's a lot of stuff there. So let me say overall, so I track my KPIs. I know what my, my key performance indicators are. Okay. Um, so it starts there. So you get cost per lead, leads per contract, and average contract. Cost per lead, leads per contract, and average contract. That's how you know if you're making money or not. So I'm in three different markets, so you're right. My numbers are different for those three different markets. And Utah cost me about $3,200 to get a deal. But now, you want the specifics there. I can't be super specific because there's a blended average of that stuff here. Pay-per-click might be one thing, and, and mail might be another thing, versus a specific mail niche might be something else. But on average, I know that that's what's coming in. Um, so my leads per contract, that is going to be different per market, but it's different per market because sometimes it's more or less competitive, but also, who's the sales rep there, right? Like, there's a lot of variables there. Like, Bill would nerd out on those variables, right? So that's going to change. But if you know those numbers, you can improve those numbers. So how do you know that your machine is broken and that your, the water's coming through the dam? You look at the numbers, right? And when you look at the numbers, you're like, oh, man, we're not, this, this person's got to be short up. When I saw my leads per contract go from 25 leads per contract to 40 with the same sales rep, was something broken? I saw that because I was looking at the numbers from a high level. I'm like, something's broken here. We started asking ourselves the question, what's broken? He was inundated with leads. If I dump you five leads, the time you can spend with those is whatever, two hours per. If I dump you 10, you got one hour per. If I dump you 20, it's 30 minutes, and you can't drive all around to it. Do it, right? So if I'm expecting the same production out of that same person, I can't do it. So looking from that level, and, and also with the sales, right? Like the leads per, con or the uh, their average deal. What's that average deal there? If your average deal is like five grand, and you're taking you six grand to get it in that market, you got to know that pretty quick, or you're going to be out of business, right? Um, but specifically, you mentioned like pay-per-click, what's my cost per lead? We run that pay-per-click services company, so I know I get to see a lot across the country, and it varies greatly from my cheapest clients, probably 25, and most expensive is probably like 250 per lead. But that's also dependent on who's running your campaign. I got all of you guys, you know, the nerds here with this stuff. Are they searching for stuff in only the IP addresses or out searching for in? How many negative keywords do you have? What's your campaign look like? So you can spend a ton of money on that, and it can be not effective. But if you're doing it, I can say the one thing, key thing with that is whatever circled and starred on your pages. Somebody had one circled and starred? Answer your phone. Yeah. Something like that. Answer your phone there. So what other, what other ones did I not cover with that? Uh, number of mailers you're doing. Oh, number of mailers cities. in each individual market. Our list is 120,000. So we mail 120,000. Every month. Every month. Yeah. I didn't start with that. <laughs> and if I had started with that, if you go out there and start with that, can your person handle that? Can they handle the 350 phone calls that are going to come in that week? That's what we run with, right? And I know these numbers. And how do I know these numbers, even though I'm not answering the phone out stuff? Because we have a weekly meeting, and I see we've got 375 phone calls that week, and we had 90 podio leads. Here's another thing, too, right? Rant. You guys ever go online and talk about, what's the best mail piece, Andy? That's what we want to know from you. What's your best mail piece? Show us your best mail piece. I'll show you some pieces. What's the exact response rate on that? The best mail piece. Do you guys want to know the mail piece that pulls 15% response? Yeah. That's not my best mail piece. My best mail piece is probably something that pulls like a 1% response. Why? Because that one's going to melt my phones, and they're not the right people. I don't care about gross phone calls. I care about net leads. Because the gross phone calls melts my, my phones and my team. They're just like buried, right? So I want the net leads. I want people calling that want to sell me their house that, that, in some level of motivation. Explain the difference between gross phone calls and net leads. Okay. Some people might think they're the same thing. Average week, we get about 350 to 400 phone calls. We try to answer them all live. We do pretty good at that. But of that, an average week, we get between 80 and 100 leads. And a lead is John Smith has a house at 123 Easy Street and he wants to sell it. Is he motivated? Maybe, maybe not. 
but he's a house. He's a warm body. So where's the rest of those? I don't know. Take me off your list. Whatever, right? Like, there's, I, I can tell you, about one in four is just, or three out of four is kind of like, for whatever reason, it's just not there, right? I don't know why. That's just what the numbers tell me, okay? So I care about, I care about those net leads. I don't care that I got 1,300 phone calls. I'm not trying to wow you with that. And when we drop one of those big, those postcards that, that has, like, the huge response rate, we get that, right? 1,400 phone calls, right? But I care about those net leads. In my business, I know I need to drive 80 new net podio leads per week so that I could hit the gross profit that I wanted to hit at the end of the year. And how did I, I had that gross profit, and I backed into it with all my other KPIs, knowing what my average deal was this, my leads for contract were, th- were this, so I need to drive this many phone calls, so I need to spend this much in marketing. And then I did that, and I shored up the machine all the way. Does that make sense? So if you guys, Andrew, and anybody else that wants to back into that, look at your KPIs. If you don't have them, start building them. And back into it that way. It's not a wing and a prayer. Andy said I can do 100. I can do 100. You're up there on that scale, right? And then you hit the like, punch in the face. It's hard. Like, it's not going to work. Whatever. Right? You get down there, right? No. It's going to work when you say, I needed to do that. So in order to do 100 deals, I needed to take this, you know, go in this many appointments. I need to have this many phone calls coming in. I need to spend this much in marketing because I found out that I'm $100 per lead. That makes sense? So if you don't put the money in the front to get the leads, to get the contracts, you're not going to get the money. It's just a simple equation. So when I said this year, um, we want to do $3 million gross. That was my goal. Last year we did 2.1, we do $3 million gross. So I just backed into those numbers. And the number is written on my board right in front of me, and every race is 80 podio leads a week. Do I care how many contracts we get? Yeah, kind of. But mostly I care about those podio leads because I know the rest will play out. True story, September 12th, I think it's a Monday, a few weeks ago, I'm looking at this. And you know our numbers. We do about 21. We were doing about 20, averaging 21 deals a month. And this month, September 12th, I'm in our Monday morning meeting, and I'm like looking at the number, and I'm like, we have three contracts this month in September. On September 12th, we had three contracts. And I was like, ugh. But, I mean, I, that, same, that same curve we talked about, I go through that. We all go through that in our life. You will continually go through that in your life no matter what, right? So we got there, and I'm like, dang it. So what did I do? I put on the happy face. I went in there to my team, and I said, we control what we control. Are we still doing the things? Are we answering live? Is the marketing still hitting? Are we still going to see sellers live? Yes, yes, yes. I said, okay. Guys, this is, it's going to work out. The numbers play out. And they're all saying these things. I'm like, the numbers play out. And I'm thinking to myself, I've left there, just like you guys feel sometimes. Just like, I hope the numbers play out, right? Dang it. Is it this it? Is this the break we're talking about? Am I going to go broke? Is this over? Is this ride done? Jump off the train? i got to go speak next month. I'm going to lie to these people. We didn't do any deals last month, right? <laughs> that was September 12th. September 30th, 34 in there. Sometimes it's not that... Sometimes it's like, you know, but all the while, what's your trajectory? Are you going up? Are you shoring up the machine? Are you looking at your numbers? Are you controlling what you can control? Circled, starred, what was that? Yeah, that's what it was. I always forget. Hopefully you guys don't forget when you go home. But uh, you answer your phone and do that, right? I don't even remember the original question, but that's good stuff. That was the other guy. Is the other guy? No, that was the other question. All right. I think he was up. Okay. Hey, uh, do you guys hey. like my rants or should I keep more on point? Rants? Yeah. Point. Rants? Yeah. <laughs> so I want to ask you from your experience, until we get to the point where we're doing 120 mailers, right? <laughs> yeah. From your experience working up with others that are just starting, what are some what would you say are in this competitive market today? What are some of the best techniques uh, 
and, and sources for finding deals. Like, for instance, you got, we all got the long list, right? The pre-foreclosures, the inherited properties, the abandoned houses, the tax lates. And then you got, you know, how you're going to go after those mar uh, flyers, bandit signs, uh, hunting down owners and cold calling them. So I know you're so scaled up, but I'm hoping you could still maybe address this in the next few days as to, for the people that are not of your scale, how we're, you know, to go after those first deals in this competitive market. Yeah, so, because everybody here is from across the country. Carriers Car across the country, but here's the answer. Yeah, there's, there's no deal, more deals in this country. But everybody's from across the country, so I'm going to give the answer. Um, to get your dirt in the machine, the marketing stuff you ask about those specifics. Are bandit signs better than pay-per-click? Should I do probates or inherited? Should I do mail big list or how should I do that? Do I do door hangers? Like, what's the best thing that's working? That will vary around the country. But what will not vary around the country is what I'm going to give you, right? There's two key things. The number one... I forgot it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Answer your phone. No matter what you did to get the phone to ring, you've got to do that thing that circled and started on your page. And then after you do that, I mean, that's, that's the first part of the operation to answer your phone, how you're handling that lead from that point. Hopefully it's somebody that smiles, friendly, gathers some appropriate information and listens to the people. And then, this, and this can be you. It might all be the same person, but eventually you can hire that stuff out. And then if you're trying to get deals from private sellers, specifically what we're talking about here, go see that person. And go see them in person and listen to them. Listen 70% of the time and maybe talk 30. When you're talking, like, ask them questions and be interested about them. Because they're going to tell you how to sell them and how to, how to do a deal with them. Because we've all been motivated sellers at one point in our life. And all people just want to be listened to, right? Now, you might think, well, yeah, we've heard that before. No. Do those one and two. And that works across the country in competitive markets especially. Do that. Those things, like, that will crush it for you. Answer your phone and go see people. Treat them like people, not like a commodity, and you'll get deals. I bought deals. And how, is there anybody in this room that's bought a deal from somebody that, like, there was somebody else that offered the same amount, but then they, they got it and they, they got it for the same amount as somebody else? And what was the difference there? I'd say all across the board, it's like, they didn't like that person. For whatever reason, they didn't want to sell it to them. They didn't want to sell it to them. So those two things. Is that a fair enough answer? Is that, that's as specific as you can be right there. You do that, and that's the secret. Yeah, it was pretty close. I mean, that was my question. But there's, you really, even over the three markets that you're in, I mean, there's no standard um, cost per lead and one that's generating more oh, revenue. Oh, yeah, they are, they're definitely different. So across my three markets, um, there's less. So, and you'll see this in your markets too. Utah, it costs me more to get a lead and more to get a deal, but I can sell my deal for more. Sure. Why? Because it's competitive there. So it's going to cost more here. But since it's competitive, I'll sell it for more. But, Indiana... My cost per lead is less, but I make less because it's not sure. as frothy to buy. But each, but I mean the the niche leads. I mean, yeah, the 120 mailers. But I'm sure you probably break it down by each list. And that's the big list. I also mail smaller lists. Okay. But that's the main list. I mean, are, the, are there are there smaller lists generating a better cost per lead than the bigger list or pie I mean, chart? Ready for the sure. pie chart? 100 percent of my deals. 80 percent mail and pay per click. The other 20%, Facebook, ads, um, or Facebook, uh, bandit signs, probate, inheritance, all that stuff. But, it's, but you're also, are you spending 80% of your money on, on the, the big piece of the pie, or are Definitely. you paying less? I wish I could spend 80% of my money on probate okay. or inheritance, but how are you going to do that? It's not scalable. No, that's, scalable, that's right? why I'm asking, because for someone who has a limited amount of money, 
okay, if you're saying probate and inheritance, I could mail all of those yeah, lists Yeah, yeah, if you're out, limited, you can start that. But that's where you start. And if you're limited, here's the methodology think here. Our sellers are twofold, right? The majority of our sellers are. They're inherited and tired landlords. It's the majority of our sellers, right? We kind of know this, and I ran this the other, I ran this a few years ago. I'm like, let's see who all my sellers are, just to see who they are, kind of demographically and whatever. I'm like, oh, they're inherited and tired land, inheritance and tired landlords. So I view this as kind of a target, right? The center of the target is inheritance, tired landlord, um, vacant tax late, whatever, right? Mm. If I can mail 120,000 of them, whew, be good. Yeah. But you can't. So then you go out a little further, right? But overall, you're looking for but those people. But you're starting at those. Yeah, you start probably. there. Yeah. But also, say you, I say to start there, but there's a lot of effort to start there and just do some of those things. So if you're trying to go sure. bigger, you just, you could, I mean, you can do those, but I mean, that's going to take more time to hit some of those lists versus just dumping a lot of money on the one, right? No, I mean, because when you're starting, you have more time, obviously, on your hands than, and, than the actual cost, you know, the cost of all sending out the leads. But, um, I mean, that, that answered my question. Yeah, and the cheapest, best way to get stuff is networking. Okay. That's the cheapest, best way. Um, How did you get your deals, Jason? Your wholesale, list. wholesale list, right? You can make money on them. Now, um, but if you want to buy them deeper, then, of course, go do your own, build your own machine and do your stuff. But if you want to just, you know, you go network with people. Well, wholesalers are selling up for too much, whatever. Like, no, how many people have you talked to, right? Go, go work that out. Sure. It, that's the cheapest way, but it's also your time. Just take a lot of time, a little bit of money. For me, we're like, we're kind of here. Exactly, right? yeah. You're scaling. Yeah. Um, one of the things, uh, so when you get a lead, what is the proper follow-up, and is that what your acquisitions manager is doing, following up on leads? And, yeah, when a lead and goes in your bucket. how are you hitting them, you know? How we what? How, 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 are you, how many different ways are you hitting them? Are, I mean, email, phone calls, different um, durations. I mean, Yeah, that's great. Doug will actually speak really a lot about follow-up stuff. Okay. I don't think we have the follow-ups that he has, but the, the simple answer is when it goes to an acquisition manager, when they get a lead, they are to nurture that lead and Until text the them, end. call them, voice them, whatever they've got to do, that's in their bucket, right? But it's my fault if I give them 20 leads a week instead of eight. So I need to make sure that I'm managing their, their capacity there. But that's their job. Behind that, is there some automation? Yeah, there's a little bit of that. Sometimes my phone girls, if they're not answering the phone live, they can call back other people. They can do that stuff. We have done text blasts, voicemail blasts. We do have email autoresponders. What's a good email we can send an offer to? That's a golden one. And you ask somebody, what's your email address? Uh, Junk spam at Google.com. <laughs> oh, Google.com. Um, what's a good email we can send an offer to? Oh, yeah, don't send it there. That's where I send all the junk stuff. Send it here, right? So, and then we put them in an autoresponder sequence that has, but that kicks up some dust, and Doug will talk about that. And it's, that's awesome. You kick up, you can't kick up, and what he's going to say, a third of your deals come from follow-up is absolutely true, but the follow-up is also in your team and your system because my acquisition people are following up, right? Six months later, I mean, there's story after story, right? Six months later, you know, things changed and they came back to sell us. Well, did they sell to somebody else or did they sell to you? They sell to us if we're following up with them. They sell to somebody else if, if uh, you know, we didn't follow up. Shame on us. Where do you get your inheritance leads from? I think the inheritance list is U.S. leads list. Okay. It's just a string of questions. I think it's U.S. leads list, Sorry. inheritance list. But I think was, they only sell it like... It was a like, seven-part question. So. Yeah, you're good. I mean, you're good. <laughs> I think it's... <laughs> but I think they only sell to like three people in a certain... Like they limit who they give it to just so that people don't pound oh, that perfect. list. Yeah. What's that? Oh, yeah, yeah. One more thing I need to say, too. Jason said that. Consistency. Consistency. Consistently doing those things. Consistently answering your phone. Consistently doing the things you can control. Consistently marketing that will turn into this stuff. You don't expect to just do it once and be done. You've got to do these things consistently. But these things work. No matter what business you're in, these things work. 
Number one, like, I think it's circled and starred. I forget what it is already, but do that. Start there. All right, guys, put your hands Thank together. you. All right, guys, well, I hope you enjoyed that presentation from the one and only Andy McFarland. If you want to meet Andy personally, hear him speak at this year's Flip Hacking Live, uh, I... <laughs> we were talking last night about some of the things he's going to be talking about, and it will blow your mind. Uh, but if you want to meet him, hang out with him, and all of the rest of the eight-figure flipping crew, the seven-figure flipping crew, and the rest of the coaches of the HFHQ community, um, and come down and you even meet me, <laughs> I'd love to meet you, um, go to fliphackinglive.com, get your tickets now before they're gone. Because there will be many people who wanted to come to this event and weren't able to get there. In fact, you can go buy tickets now and you could probably scalp them. You could probably, you could probably sell them for like five grand a piece uh, if you come. I'm just kidding. Don't really do that. But go to flippackinglive.com now to get your tickets. And we will see you there. And have a great week. You guys are awesome. Um, you can do anything you put your mind to. And we will talk to you next time on the House Flipping HQ podcast. Bye-bye. This has been the House Flipping HQ podcast. Your ultimate house flipping resource for intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom. Check out amazing tutorials, blogs, how-tos, and other inspiring podcasts with house flipping experts at houseflippinghq.com. Houseflippinghq.com.